0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash offer.
1: It's not about welcoming to anything. It's about the awakening. I'm the narrator. This is the essential character.
0: You have been warned. And boy, were they. No, they were warned because uh, this Saturday at Final Battle, it was not a final battle, it was a first strike as Control Your Narrative made its presence felt in the mainstream world. It slid into the bubble of the pro wrestling unity, community, world, what have you, because for so long we existed outside of it. Our niche brand, doing our thing, telling the greatest stories, creating the most compelling characters, reality-based, real stories, real people, real combat. Now, we have brought a front, center to you, the audience. Now, you can't ignore it. You cannot deny it. It is a thing. It is existing, and it will continue to exist and as we approach New Year, you don't know where else it shall exist. It could be there. It could be here. It could be anywhere. The narrative surrounds us. The narrative is inside all of us. The narrative is to be controlled.
1: Infiltration, tactic number one, was the awakening. And it was a great opportunity for all of us to come out there and really show the world what we have Which is basically
0: swinging a dick. Yeah, which is a a titan. It's it's a dick. It's a dick. I've been waiting to swing for a very long time. It's something. It's something. I knew. I manifested this a while ago. I knew this instance, this idea, this concept, this compilation of individuals pursuing their freedom would create exactly what it did: Mm -hmm. magnanimous buzz, huge eyeballs. Drawing interest, numbers, intrigue, leaving more questions than answers. It took me so long that only on the dying days of an old era could have actually been done. Imagine if it wasn't. Imagine if it wasn't. Imagine if people just listened to me earlier, what could have been done, what could have been built. But it doesn't matter now because what has happened happened and it happened because it was supposed to happen this way because this. Is The way, dare I say, do I continue to rhyme or do I continue to rant? I'll continue to rant. This is where we step into the unknown.
1: And that we did. A um, couple things I want to get into as far as the psycholo- psychology of the awakening um, and something we've discussed in the creation of how... We are going to infiltrate the masses and uh, make... Real fast, if
0: I seem like I slur my words, it's because there was a fucking fork in my mouth at some point in the pay-per-view, and it ripped my tongue open.
1: Were people saying that on... than the, like the no, just session? right now I noticed like oh. five times I said yeah. words
0: that were like, 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 a, like a, I got a lispy. I, I look up
1: and I can barely see where I'm at, where I'm where we're hidden. And I look up and I see, and you have a, a fork in the tongue from homicide and then he took your armpit out, right? Is that what happened?
0: Yeah. And also, I don't know if homicide knows this or doesn't, or if you know this or you don't, but I've ceased wearing deodorant fucking, I don't know, probably around the time I turned insane during the pandemic. but yeah, the aluminum, it poisons you. Deodorant's not bad, and I've noticed I don't stink. I get musky. I have pheromones. Uh, I naturally excrete my male essence, but I never, like, stink. I don't get BO. Only time I might have a hint of BO is when my armpit hair starts coming back in, but then that's when I shave it off, and I wish... I fucking wish. Remember that horrible, <laughs> generic uh, manscaped company that sent me that piece of shit? Yeah. Like, what was it called? It was oh, so... That like, was so bad, yeah. It was like Balls Out. It wasn't Balls Out. That would actually have been good.
1: Can you imagine if there was a manscaping company called Balls Out? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like. But the the, pr- have the the nicest razors for your balls.
0: The product sucked so bad. I was like, oh, I can't wait to trim my fucking pubes. And, like, it was just choppy and beat it up and there was like a plethora of hair left so i i never endorsed the product so if you're watching guys you're saying
1: that homicide took the the bad end of that even though he's the one forking you because you 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 smelled no i just
0: wanted to tell the world i don't wear deodorant okay uh, homicide what a guy what a guy he's he's cool as fucking shit when he's not stabbing you, things he's cool as hell (laughs) um but we we've been discussing You
1: know, since we've started to control your narrative movement and even back when you were wrestling Cardona, the fans on a lot of our you know, YouTubes and Instagrams are all like, this is a faction. Everybody tries to, everybody tries to like psychoanalyze it to what they think it is based off of the world that they already exist in. So like, oh, I know what this is. This is a fight club cult leader guy and he's going to get a faction of guys and then they're going to, you know, show up like the NWO. And this is something we've been making fun of as, as much as things might seem like they're the same. They're completely different because we, the NWO, as great as it was when we were teenagers, was still just a bunch of cool dads air guitaring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was a bunch of dudes that got paid top dollar
0: to just be spoiled bat brats on the show. They couldn't give a shit less, and they made millions of dollars doing it. Yeah, dude, Hulk Hogan had jinkos for fuck's sake. Yeah, Hulk Hogan was wearing jinkos. Yeah. Let's that sink in. But true to your point, here my new corn record, brother. <laughs> to that point. Yeah, this is a faction. Oh, this is a faction. This would be a great faction. Listen, I understand now. I, and most people in the narrative, narrator, patch, share, Bill Carr, probably, Mm -hmm. fodder to an extent, Weston Blake for sure, operate high high brain level when the masses are lower brain level. It's okay. It's not their fault. Um, We have to simplify things and make them easier to understand, easier to digest. A wise man told me his thoughts of the entire presentation and said this is very true. He's like, if people don't initially understand what you do, they don't want to put time into figuring it out or thinking about it because they're too dumb. They'll just turn their nose up against it and say it sucks. So, yes, okay. So we had to appear in this faction sense. Is the idea of a faction? Yes, but it's not a faction; it's an idea. And you
1: know, it is, it's it, the the idea of calling it the awakening is an action. So, like the group isn't called the awakening because I, I can see that happening. Or we're saying the awakening. No, our action is the awakening. We're there to awaken you from being in the cog of inner wrestling entertainment being the same thing over and over again
0: well i mean i think it's clarified pretty straightforward in our immediate uh propaganda release after this awakening where we which we will play it on this episode yeah where'd you go <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's about exposing the industry for what it is it's about exposing the gatekeepers we have enough top level high names that we can pretty much do what we want, and we'll be okay regardless. It doesn't matter. Like, I won't lose finances or work or anything because I'm fucking over. And here's the thing about the people within the narrative: control your narrative. Nobody can kick our ass. Nobody. Name name. Mm. Nobody. No. Not. not, not, not yeah. Name, give me, give me make, uh, like. Give me the dream like team could, together so and yeah. say they could fight in a real self-sharp. fight. Sure. I'm talking about a real fight. Well, every fight's real and wrestling's yeah. real, but yes, who could kick our ass? Who? Who? Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. Who can...
0: No, he can't. Come on. Yeah. No. No, no. he's he's five, more- seven. Yeah. No. He's 5'7". Just because his man. leg goes high and it sounds like he hit somebody doesn't mean he can actually hit somebody. Nope. Next. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. No.
1: That, no. that person there too? No. Oh.
0: Oh, I, I know who you're thinking because he's real tall, but he hits like a fucking bitch. No, he can't do that. Nope. So, no. Nobody nope. can
1: kick our ass. No. No. And to to really talk about and really drive it in. Why? Uh, Weston Blake's fucking elbow, man. It. Yeah. Like, <sighs> now it's, uh, it's a travesty because between ring of honors angles and the angle that I got in the, uh, in the combat, my combat footage of being, you know, I'm in the middle of a war. Uh, I witnessed Weston Blake take that, do that first shot. Um, but I think I was so scared or in like, like it was so, gruesome that I, my camera wasn't even there. I was actually like, Oh shit. And a lot of the cameras, it was just so, so chaos. And, um, you know, producing cast, even on a ring of honor end, when you have to do that, we have stuff happening in three or four different spots and you can't cut to it. Like it's very, I don't know, I'm learning a lot in the
0: production sense of well, how to produce chaos. You know I, I mean? Hey, I know you're a little bent out of shape. You may have missed the visually stunning and super lethal elbow. Weston Blake did, mm-hmm. but I assure you this, there will be more.
1: And we haven't really discussed it with him that much. We've joked about it, but like, that is the good... We've been called the star killer, and, like, you know, he's going to knock your star off.
0: <laughs> he will kill your star. Yeah, he will kill your he star. Will. Who, who, what, quote, star, end quote, can beat him for a- anything. For yeah. real. None. None. Nope, not him. Nope. For sure not him. No. Just uh. because they're
1: star quality doesn't mean they can beat him. And I'm talking about, you know...
0: Well, we're harkening back to the days where stars were actually physically threats. And there yeah. is no threat that can physically... No. We cannot be physically dominated. We mm. are mentally superior. And we are free in all the ways you wish you were. I mean, it's like... It's 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 going to dominate.
1: It's going to dominate. Um, let's go into talking a little bit about the, uh, the rest of the show final battle. Cause we were the first strike on final battle, but, um, Oh, the opening of the show, the righteous and the six man,
0: we love the righteous. yeah. love it. and again, Shane love Taylor productions, love Shane Taylor productions, love them too. you. I love con Shane. I mean, there's some heavy artillery in their masters, some real beef con really Piques my interest, especially from Shane Taylor promotions. Though Q did take me to the gym twice in Baltimore, so he knows the deal. He knows how to get to my heart. But like every person in that match, Bateman, Carr, and Vincent, the leader, like that was a great way to open the show. And the show opened with Bill. Well, Carr, I mean Shane Dutch. Taylor wasn't in that but match. Shane Taylor, no, Shane was in no. the
1: match later with Kenny, uh, Kenny King. Yep. Um and Shane didn't even come out. He, he just let them have their, their spot for that. Uh but uh Bill, who opens the show, just knowing that you know Dutch, as you may know and we know him as William, he just had the he had that power, that control, and I looked at him that night at the end of the night, and I was just like, "You're are you hitting new levels of sadness?" And he's like, "I think
0: about suicide all the time," and you can never tell if he's kidding or not. Well, that's the self-deprecation we try to get into yeah. his head and within the narrative. You don't know if he's serious or not. Oh yeah. You hope he's not, but if he is having that edge makes him that much more dangerous. And that's intriguing to watch mm-hmm. unfold. He's one of my best friends in life. I love him to death. I don't want him to die, but he does have a death wish. He is super self-deprecating, but he's also like so gifted with gab, yep. and with physical dominance, with ability that he just needs the platform to show who he is. Oh wait, we fucking made it. Oh yeah, look at that. Here look it is. At us, yeah, and,
1: and we're gonna stay with him to the bitter end. He'll probably be here after us. Um, but yeah, that could <laughs> yeah, be like a cockroach. Yeah, um, we can nuke the planet. He'd he still did be do like- a, a running. Is it the running? Santan is that the you'd call a running flip over the top rope? Is that a running Santan or I don't just a running flip? Fucking
0: care about <laughs> shit over the top rope. But he,
1: yes, he did. He did, a, he did a, which is pretty impressive for for a big dude. Here's um, here's
0: the way I look at that because he's fucking. Suicide dives and topaz and centons and swantons and moonsaults. Here's the fucking fact in reality, you're using your body as a weapon. So, using your body as a weapon in a really cool and visual stimulating way, that's awesome. Do I care what it's called? No. no. He f- a 300 pound man ran, jumped, flipped over the top rope. Yeah. Onto human beings. Onto human beings. Yeah. That sounds cool as shit. Yeah. I don't care what it's called. Solid
1: dude. Solid dude. Um, th- that was uh, some highlights and and Shane Taylor's uh, ladder match with uh Kenny King. Right. Um, that match was right before you guys. Wow. Awesome. And I was able to. Not many people know this out in the in the wrestling world or the narrative bubble, but Shane Taylor and I were roommates for a while. You know, a good eight, nine months. We lived in a legit Project Mayhem in a repossessed house in Lakewood, Ohio, with each other. Would you pay for rent for that? uh, I gave Rayro 100 (laughs) t-shirts for eight or nine months. But it's not like we had hot water. Uh, and the housing crisis was crazy back in 2008. So, like, you had these houses everywhere that were just people couldn't live in anymore. But it took the banks so long for them to come and pull everything out of it. So we would it was every, you know, this is stories of being 25 and, you know, trying to run an indie wrestling
0: company. Um, how, chain, like, how often did you wake up and be like, oh, today's the day they're going to come and take everything out of here? It
1: was twice it happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was one time we we wrestled in Geneva. You were on like you were the main event. That's when American Muscle wrestled, and I got back and like half of my stuff was gone, and it was a different lock on the door, so I just went through a different window, mm-hmm. um, and texted Shane that we, we we should really consider getting out of here. And we made it another month before we both moved out, and then they actually hold did, on. Yeah, hard times mm-hmm.
0: make strong men.
1: So you have this story, and now Shane, I I actually consider Shane someone who's worked his ass off and is very successful in Ring of Honor, and it, it, it just seeing I ran him a couple of years ago um, back at the end of the Bullet Club era, and then seeing what he is now, we have this heart to heart where it's like he's a father now, I'm a father now, but we're both actually becoming the men we always talked about being when we were living in a dilapidated house together, and uh, and that it was him laughing too and being like, you know, bro, I. Just to listen to you watch Fight Club over and over again all night long. So it's nice to see that you actually found your firestorm. And it like, like, you know, just I call him Gus. Shane's always been Gus to me. And it was just, I don't know. I, I, that was the one moment I uh, had a few drinks. So I got emotional. I almost cried because he got, he had, he, Shane had me in the motion. He worked yeah. me up in the, I had to walk away. I was like, dude, that was, that was good. Thanks. <laughs> like, but uh, a Shane Taylor promotions narrative would be a wonderful standalone. Just give them a whole episode. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean he can. He, there's a door right there to knock on. So yeah. Shane.
1: Shane, the doors all the, the doors right over here. We talked knocking. about it. Yeah, just let us know what I, I said. Said them that I let us know what you want to do. Uh, what else amazing happened? The Briscoes kicked ass against yeah, uh, Taven and funny. Bennett.
0: Oh, and then they had a surprise. Uh, yeah, little rendezvous afterwards with the uh, the revival. Yeah, the other was, the other surprises on the show. The rev- FTR. Do you want to go into the details of a uh, secret room hidings with the Narrative Boys and FTA. I consider the FTR narrative as fuck. Because yeah, yeah, they're, narrative they're close fuck. to me.
1: And Cash is—he was at the last one hanging out and stuff. But uh, he's solid, dude. Every time he comes in here, is one of the brother brothers. One of the everybody. best. One of the best. Uh, but I, I, like, there was a list of uh, names when I walked into the secret room of like release forms. And I see my name and then I see their names and it's, it's their gimmick names. It's Cash and Dash or whatever, Dax and Cash. I was like, fuck yeah, we're, we're going to be having, it's going to be a fun hangout today. Just seeing their names, I'm just like, it's going to be, you know, and Weston Blake and Adam and they were all in the PC together. So just hearing all those NXT stories and stuff, it was,
0: uh, I wouldn't trade in those couple hours for anything. Before that happened, I was busy running uh, secret ops in the Ring of Honor locker room, making sure I could properly infiltrate the building with my ginormous uh, man pal and my cohorts. So I knew something else was coming. I knew there was another, quote, surprise. Uh, I didn't know who. and I didn't want to know. But as I'm running around, I'm getting them situated in a secret room. Going back and forth, pretending nothing's going on because this was top, top fucking secret. It was top secret, or the Jimmy
1: seafood? Everybody kept it quiet. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which we didn't go to. Top <laughs> secret, and then uh, through the door, hood up, mask on, getting the temperature tech. I lock eyes with Cash, and I was like, "You son of a bitch!" It's you. <laughs> and he nodded, and I knew from his eyes. <laughs> his eyes. It was cool. It was really cool. And uh
1: they they just I, I I hope to to whether it's in singles or tag team matches or anything within the narrative or non-wrestling I just look forward to hanging out and working with both of those guys more.
0: Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, "What are you guys even doing here?" And they're like, "Oh, we're going to fuck with the briscoes And I'm like, "I will pay money to see that match." Yeah. And I would. That- that intrigues me greatly,
1: and we—I I think that that was uh, testing the waters, and I think it's hopefully going to happen now. Oh,
0: think about—I suck. So Jay Briscoe, my favorite wrestlers of all time, saw me rocking a Meat Castle Thick and Meaty shirt once. He's like, "Bro, Thick and Meaty—that's fucking cool. I want one." I'm like, "I'll get you one." And uh, before I left, and I'm grabbing control your narrative propaganda to make sure we can pass out to those who deserve it, those who need it. I was looking everywhere in our stock for a thick and meaty large and I couldn't find one. And I was so mad. I went up to him. And I was like, dude, I couldn't find a thick and meaty large. Give me your address though and I'll, I'll get one to you. And he said, all right, cool. And then today I walked in, a fucking thick and meaty large is sitting right there. Like I just totally, I suck.
1: So I'm gonna send it to him and he's gonna wear it. Um, that was my first time meeting those guys. And, I needed to. I, I do. I do. I'm rough with names and to faces. So, like, it has to be dreads and teeth. And, like, I have to think that going up because I did walk up to teeth and call him Jay, not really that Jay was the dreads. And it was, it was, uh, it was one of those. They, they laughed. They had a good, but I was just like, of course. I kept my foot in my mouth as soon as, because I'm thinking it as I'm walking up. This one's this guy. This guy's this guy. God
0: damn it, dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's,
1: that's, that's my, my one chance to impress those guys. And no, we all talked about, um, uh, their, he, he they straight up was like, hey, if you guys ever want to do a narrative, the barn's available. Like they straight oh. up, like that's they said oh, that to man. me. God yeah. damn.
0: I'd throw a fucking chicken at Mark so fast, <laughs> Jay. The only guy that's pinned me this year, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I um I, I said I had some really kind things to say to him about uh, that match you guys had, and and how much I wished. I always say I was wished in front of people, but like, um, I told him how much on a personal level it meant for me to watch it and to watch you get excited about it too. Yeah. Um. What else on
0: that show? Big main event there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Jay Lethal came back. Yeah. Gresham was crowned the champion. Well-deserved. well, deserved, well, well deserved, earned. yeah. Well, he's such a talented in-ring competitor. That yeah, 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 put, yeah, put people over. No, he's great. He's, funny. you wish him the best as the Ring of Honor champion. I know going forward as they reimagine um, him holding that is the safe bet and the right move. Yes. Um, but, like, who who, who who would challenge him next, I hmm. wonder? I know where I stood on the rankings prior to the company disbanding, and I believe I was third in the world title hunt, but... Third? Yes.
1: So so we're talking, like, September, October, there's a chance? <laughs> there's always a chance, There's man. always a chance. Who knows? Um, I think you should challenge him for the title in a non-Ring of Honor show. I would challenge him for the title right here in the fucking shop. I'd love to see that. You guys are both so... Um physically dominant. Yes.
0: Visually. He's, he's in the shorter end, but goddamn, is he jacked. Yeah. He's real. He's built like a thumb. Yeah. <laughs> he got with me too about some, you know, advice and diet and nutrition things. I probably shouldn't have given him any of my secrets, but I did, <laughs> but no a good man like that. I'll gladly share the wealth of knowledge and then just teach me how to do 8,000 fucking holds in return. Thank you. Um, I don't need them. My moves win. So uh, a lot of you, everybody
1: watching this, if you're uh, a diehard narrative, uh, you've probably already seen this video, but uh, we have um, our version of The Awakening um, captured by my footage. So um, like I've said a few times, this was my first time filming uh, in a live, like in this size of a room and getting in the ring and all the stuff that that literally the combat and capturing the combat in a cinematic way. Getting in the
0: ring. Let's talk about that when we come
1: back. Yeah, we'll come back. Let's uh, take a look at that video.
0: Bring the Titans. the ring of honor. And I have never stood in a lie bigger than this because there is no honor in what we do. You've been warned. So I'm delivering this trade on the industry. I am bringing the noise. I am saying everything I want to say. I don't even know what I'm saying because it's all coming from the heart. It's pouring out of me. It's emotion. It's pure. I say three words. Free. The. Titan. Out comes my boys. Out comes the Titan. Hell fucking breaks loose. Bodies everywhere. Chaos. People don't know what's going on. I'm soaking it in. I I know what's happening behind me because I'm so fucking Fucking smart. And I've envisioned this and I've manifested it. And it's playing out in my head just as it's playing out in real life behind me. And as I turn, this fucking guy's just got a camera right in my face. I'm like, oh, you're coming in the ring. Cool. All right. <laughs> I didn't I didn't <laughs> expect that. Because it was so improv. It was so off the cuff. It was so shoot. Yeah. Shoot, it was real. Shoot. It's real. That there was no planning and there was no walkthrough and like any great fucking military strike you have a plan but your plans never go according to plan it's the person who planned best for the contingencies that wins we had every contingency covered we didn't know how it would go we just knew it was going to happen but yeah fucking narrator right behind me in the thing with my camera in my face i'm like holy shit (laughs) and why that shocks me so much is like we did, uh, He assumed get in the ring and capture it as close as possible where I thought he would be on the outside <laughs> uh, away from the danger, away from flying forearms and <laughs> Dak Draper being dropped and Mecca getting his clock cleaned and poor Eli Ecium getting getting powerbombed straight to hell. But no, he was in there. He's a brave little soldier. So And I uh, there was no doubt in my mind,
1: this, I'll put this on camera, that I was getting in the ring from day one and it was just because I'm programmed that we film in the ring, and that was just that was like, oh my god, how oh, cool! I'm gonna have the first ever for an invasion, as as the wrestling fan would say, but like this this big multi man chaos combat, as you will, and I'm gonna have a camera in the middle of it, so I'm actually giving an intimate lens that no wrestling fan can can get. Like when we uh, we show up, we awaken it, is, like it is literally being inside the the combat. And I thought it was I thought I could do it, so it was one of those things too. Is that you did do it? I did, and yeah. I I did it, and it was it was like a net not I did not have any negative feedback on any anywhere, but you know, definitely if you get opportunities like that, you know, try to make sure like I should have, I and, and in reality I would I should have been to you and Adam and been like hey can we uh can we do a walkthrough with the camera at least in the upstairs room like it was it wasn't even that it was just. I wanted so much for all you guys to be organic in the moment had to be. that I couldn't. To be as a so producer, much I, I like I was a secondary to it. The cinema is second. Uh, now, when we're inside the narrative, cinema capturing is 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 the most important. That is our art. Um, but in in these chaos, these awakenings, there might be different things. Like there's some stuff that like I've already had enough time to think about different parts of the room that I would have loved to rather been in. Than standing in the ring, you know what I mean. How I can get different shots and how I can set up a different thing that gives still the cinema effect, but it's safer because what we do is dangerous. It is very real, um, and I, I put myself in a very dangerous. I, every time I get in the ring, hey, like it's Rex, very dangerous. Rex Brody would say, "Safety last, safety last." Yeah, uh, and I'm willing to put put my myself on the line for that kind of stuff. I mean, I almost got taken out by you and you and Adam almost took me out. Matt Taven almost took me out. You know, it's just learning it's 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 a different way of dancing because you're you're trying you're kind of having to work within the violence and the energies and move in and out and just knowing when, when when it is your place to be intimate and when it's your safe place to be out of
0: it <laughs> we're talking about wrestling still yeah okay I, mean, I guess I see <laughs> everything as poetry so sorry uh, you're he's a poet don't you know it yeah Oh, what all else right. we go so, uh Let's talk about fodder. Yeah, fodder looking like a mean mug. Mean mugging, son of a gun. I can't tell you. I get great. The most satisfaction I get, not even at this point, like of all time in my career is someone working their ass off and being rewarded and hopefully me having a part of that. So he was very... Very much on my short list of people I wanted to include on this because this was very close to the vest. This was very much a very inner circle, eh, j- you know, job to get done. Like, and I mean, literally, it was everybody you saw as
1: far as the narrative is concerned. That's really who knew about it. Yeah. And Patch,
0: Gladys, Stooge. But
1: Patch and Killer get, Cross, and thank, thank God he didn't steal. Yeah, we'll get to that.
0: <laughs> but having him be a part of that was a. Uh, very gratifying for me, because here's this dude I've talked about him a bunch, but if you're just watching it who he's he's made outside of wrestling he works his ass off he's got great great gigs, work with supplement companies he's completely self made he did it all his own, he came from the wrong side of things and came out the other end like I said in the original narrative,
1: he controlled his narrative,
0: yeah. Half like the fight between good and evil is on his body, his pain on his body and his tattoos, and he struggled in the past, and now he's clear headed clear minded and he loved wrestling, he just wanted to get into it, and he tried it, and how I hooked up with him and he i didn't even know he was into wrestling when I first started talking to him, then he's like, Hey, man, I didn't want to fucking bug you, but I've started wrestling, Can you look at this, and I'm like, oh yeah, fucking wow, I didn't know that cool and then when we initially launched the narrative I needed somebody that looks tough as shit that is unknown that when people watch the as you would say art piece in its finality it just looks like somebody that belongs in a fight and not somebody that belongs in an independent wrestling match with a singlet and like fucking hand-me-down boots and down straight as their fucking theme song or whatever like I needed somebody that looked tough as shit and can fuck you up and that's him And then he's been with us ever since. But the work he does on the side for wrestling, he's tearing up North Carolina indie scenes. He's working every weekend. He's putting himself in position to work high-level names from like Morton to Lodi. He also does his own flyers too. Yeah, he does his own design. And uh, he's doing so much more work than an entitled indie guy would do who can do you know, quadrupedal moonsaults or flying sentons or uh, enziguri's bullshit like that, but get rewarded for it because everyone's in a bubble and think just because they see a move take place, the action of the actual move isn't any good. It's just somebody doing something they saw on TV. Well, Well, he's doing, he's studying fucking Steve Austin, 94 WCW, as opposed to what's happening in 2020 gifts and high spots. So like, He's so wired the right way or the way I appreciate, but like I thought he may get lost in the shuffle because he's not a flashy high spot guy. Plus, he's an outsider and the wrestling bubble only now allows people from within it to succeed and uh, come about or get the opportunities. Oftentimes, because they bitch and whine the most while he silently just does his fucking business. The Bitching and whining is is 100%.
1: When I I look at a crowded room anymore, I can't just sit there and go, man, all these people trying to get over.
0: Yeah, and all the people in there trying to get over. And, like, you look at locker rooms, 80% of the people in that locker room belong in that arena on the other side paying to get in, for the most part. I'm sorry. That's the fucking truth. Yep. But he doesn't, but he would be lost in the indie wrestling shuffle. So to have him, I don't know when, if he'll have an opportunity to be a part of a a major pay-per-view or a TV taping or get that whole experience, to have him come along, to have him excel in his role of looking tough as shit and fucking just, he brought an unknown element to it. So I'm very proud, very happy for him. And it also, I mean, shit, it kind of brings me to my rant of the week. Ooh. Great. so I just get right into it? Get right into it, man. Well, well, okay, it yeah, because you told me this, and this is what pisses me off, and this is why the gatekeepers need to be exposed. Like, the wrestling media reporting on this awakening, this invasion, this faction, this whatever the fuck we are. Uh, you told me, you saw one post, you, oh, yeah, I was reading it, and they said, yeah, Weston Blake was with uh, EC3, and then, Uh, Adam Sher debuted and they had uh, some other guy in there. Yeah. Some fucking other guy. A hooded
1: figure is another one. He's a hooded figure. A hooded
0: figure or some other guy. Like you're telling me you don't have the fucking decency as a quote journalist or a quote reporter to spend 37 seconds researching who this guy is. Because maybe this guy, this hooded figure could be the very next thing. But you don't know. And you don't even try to find out. You don't even take... The fucking time to try and find out where did this guy come from? Oh, maybe I'll look at EC3's narrative stuff. Oh, his name's Fodder. Okay. Oh, let me find him on Instagram. Oh, he works in North Carolina. He had a match with Ricky Morton last week. Oh, he's fucking trained by Lodi. Oh, you nothing, nothing about this man who sacrifices his body, his soul, his emotions, his pride, his time, his effort to get into this industry, to put it on the line. Yes, it's for him, but also to entertain you. And you can't give him the fucking decency, the, the time of day to even try to find out his name. Fuck, like you're not, you're copy and paste clickbait bullshit. You're not real journalists and you're barely real people. If you can't take one ounce of pride in your job to at least seek answers, you don't know the questions to that's fucking journalism, finding out things and reporting them, not speculation and opinion as fact or not. Somebody's fake Information that trickles down to you where you just read it because you pay for it and regurgitate it and poorly, poorly done uh what's the word plagiarists plagiarism style. Get like try. I'm just asking you to try. Try. Okay.
1: Sean Rossap, um, I watched his review of the show and what was You know, we love Fightful and Sean Ross here, but he didn't know about Adam coming out. Uh, And when it got to who Fader was, he apologized, I don't know, four or five times. He kept going, I really should know who this guy is. I recognize him. I should know his name. And he he couldn't put the the name to the face. Um, I respect that fine. Hey, That's fine. And like... You know, and that's uh, a
0: live review. It's not like a written thing. not though. a written you know, thing, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and I mean, it's the same thing of everybody using this opportunity to say Braun Strowman showed up at Ring of Honor. No, the Titan, Adam Scheer, showed up at Ring of Honor.
0: Yeah, Sean, you're on Adam's shit list because he said Braun Strowman is here. Yep. So, no, my name's Adam. His name's Adam. I, mean, I,
1: almost, had, I almost had the interview for you, but. Yeah, Sean Ross. We, yeah, we, we, that guy, real quick. Mm-hmm. He's, we called him Braun Strowman. Yep. Yep. It's not Braun Strowman, it's Adam Scheer. They called him a monster of of uh, the commentators, called him like, um, not, they almost said monster of men, but I think they said monster among monsters, and they never used the word monster again. Like yeah. they said, well, it they like,
0: didn't know either. They didn't know. Yeah, they didn't know. I actually kind of vetted them, and I'm, uh, Ian and Caprice. Ian, what a play by play guy. What a fucking stud. Does his homework. You have notes for him. He goes all out trying to portray your story to the viewing audience. He's amazing, Caprice. Hell of a hand, hell of a guy, hell of a body on the kid. He's actually like old too. Like, so he's like in super good shape, but like also does the exact same, works hard on both aspects. Love them both. So happy to have worked with them. I kind of vetted him prior and I go, uh, so you know what's going on with this eight man? He's like, yeah, you know, the the eight man's gonna happen. And then we're going to the, the tag match after. I'm like, you know what's going on between it? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, like the eight man ends and then we go to tag match. That's it, right? He's like, like "Yeah, what are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Nothing."
1: That's, that
0: was amazing because I I was sitting in the
1: production gorilla and they didn't really know either. They just kept on going. Get the mic to EC3. Here we go.
0: But and, my one worry is them going. <laughs> is that Braun? And we're in, don't say that. No, but they. That's how good Ian is too. He didn't even know what was going on and he, he called everyone by their names. It was a smart yes, yeah. I think he said Wesley
1: Blake, but not, you know he's West End now. Well,
0: no, I mean, you say um, tomato, I say. Tomato. some unpaid advertisements. Nobody says tomato. No, you say tomato. I say to- who the f-
1: who says tomato? In all my years as a server, no one, no one's like, can I get no tomatoes? Yeah,
0: Can I have the tomato soup? Ew! I, I, Are I don't your like uh, fried green tomatoes? Fried. Uh, sh- yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of food, unpaid advertisement. Yeah. First off, question for Patch in the back. I asked Do you want strip steak? Do you want ribeye? Or do you want wagyu? What'd you say? I never had a wagyu before. Well, you're getting all three, kid, because I went out <laughs> of my way to procure some of Florida's finest meat from. Florida Cattle Ranchers. That's right. Florida Cattle Ranchers got a nice ice cold ribeye here. But one day I made uh, the boys some steak and you want to get, yeah, there you go. At Florida Cattle Ranchers. Shop small, shop local, support your local small business, support local farmers. Farmers are tough as shit too, by the
1: way. Yeah, badass. You got
0: it. But. It's making the the boys are working hard here at the print shop. You know the sweatshop we like to call it, uh, project whatever mayhem. Uh, and I was going to buy steaks, but I didn't want to make a left hand turn, so I went to Aldi's instead of Publix, which was a big mistake. And all they had were chuck roast, so I like cut it up and I tried to do my famous reverse sear. It was just it was barely edible meat. So Did you bring I've been your house down too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do that even if I do it the right way though. Cast iron skillet gets smoky, baby. So like, I felt bad because I make a really good steak, and Patch was gnawing on some dog food. And he was so, like, "But he's he's a college kid, so he needs it." Yeah.
1: He but ate I made the
0: leftovers. too. Yeah. I was like, "Kid, I'll, I'll get you some real good cook steak." But I've been meaning to make him a steak. So today, I mean, to celebrate our uh, awakening, I was like, yeah. "I'm gonna make you a steak. You want one?" He said, "Sure, I won't turn it down." So I made him a mistake from Florida cattle ranchers. And I'm going to pick up some great tomahawks for uh, Christmas. That's it. Unpaid advertisement. Oh, but I didn't forget about you, narrator. Oh. I made your dog some steak, too. Oh, Bear Bear's
1: going to love this. Yeah,
0: there go. a little dog steak.
1: So I uh, I have a little chihuahua, 14, 15 years old, Bear Bear. Uh, I think her full name is Bear Bear McFuck Queen. <laughs> and... Uh, She's a real on her, in her old lady. She she falls asleep with her tongue out all the time. But she loves whenever you're over. She, she does. just she, we, she
0: saddles right up, and we yeah. just both fall asleep with a dip in her mouth. It's yeah. so cute. Um, another
1: thing buzzing on the internet. It's the last thing we're to talk about today, the main event of the awakening is tick tock tick tock tick tock tick tock tick tock kill across. Oh, is it? Uh, so there's a we did fan art fan art like we didn't put we didn't make it you know what i mean if mm. you do watch the awakening propaganda piece um there is a little bit of a wink in there of what could be the time has come tick tock there's some hourglasses over your head um you know we're not going to i don't think we can really say anything officially but we're also not a real wrestling company you know what i mean we're a also like the <laughs> idea
0: of intrigue yeah. and you don't know what's going to happen next and you know, people wanting to see something happen and building it up and delivering it properly. But if you're a sentient human fucking being, you would have to know that Killer Cross, the Titan, and EC3's paths will cross, Mm -hmm. pun intended, soon. I mean, it's just common sense. Yes. But that fan art, I spent... You know I have another podcast with Vince Russo? Oh, you do? You've been cheating on me with Vince Russo. I have been, but it's way easier to do because I just put my phone on in my Uh, house. It's like it's so fucking easy. (laughs) I don't have to hold this microphone. Narrative, bro. Exactly. (laughs) Oh god, he was putting us over so big today. But let's just say,ing well, I'll get to that later. But he's just like, I saw this image, bro, and like we were talking about it, and like I, the uproar it caused just this fan made picture, three like minded individuals, nothing to do with this artwork that. And in theory again like i said earlier who, who could fuck us up nobody could you imagine that and i was like vince picture this it's 2000 wrestling's actually good again you got a red hot stone cold you got a red hot rock you got an upcoming chris jericho on one side of the ring and you got titan cross ec3 on the other tell me that's not money he's like bro that's money that's so money i'm like yeah you're damn right i wish i had a time machine but uh <laughs> Yeah, so what else do you want to talk about? Crossword? Oh, we're, very, we're very like-minded. Here's the thing: we've had, I mean, we had words. We've talked we've to him. You know, we had words. There was a beautiful that.
1: like clickbait that we've we've talked to him. He sat
0: right here. There was a beautiful piece of art. Uh, Aliyah Alex, I believe, on Instagram created, and uh, you know I posted that once, and Cross was like you know, TikTok, whatever, whatever cool catchphrase. The thing Vince was imp- impressed about is like, bro. Like, mostly when wrestlers, they want to, like, surround themselves with guys that don't make them better, that they look better than and stuff like that. But you go out of your way to give people opportunities and platforms that, like, you don't have to be the focus. And I'm like, you're damn right. Mm -hmm. And, like, Adam and I will always have different traits and attributes. But Cross and I are very similar. And even in the words we had, when he left the conversation, I go to this guy. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to step my game up if I'm going to fucking be on the playing field with him so that's good i like the challenge i like to challenge myself with the absolute best in any sort of way shape or form so yeah we've talked i guess you can say
1: yeah so there's your clickbait we've 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 shared words and they were positive
0: they're very (laughs) very positive they were they weren't just positive they were enlightening they were eye-opening they were esoteric yes which i like to say they were very like-minded but they made me think of things a lot differently too and uh they're very conducive to what we're building. Absolutely. Um, so, to take this home, uh,
1: next week we might come back with a Christmas episode. We're not sure. We'll see where Space Cowboy is. Maybe we can get him to come here to Santa Claus and get us presents. I think that'd be kind of cool. Get yeah. presents from oh, speak, yeah, Space of, Cowboy it, Santa it Claus. That'll
0: probably be the merchandise that we create that we never pitch. So, check out our new website, oh, controlyournarrative.co. Yes. There's no M. Nope. No, sick, I'm sick of M's. no Ms. M's. ControlYourNarrative.co. Grab the brand new hot spanking. This is the brand. This is Austin 316. This is the NWO shirt of the future. Control Your Narrative. Mm-hmm. Black, white font. Easy. Speaks to you in ways that's not just within wrestling. It's a conversation started, You were that You're in just, public. People everybody, want, yeah. I was in the airport. How many compliments I get on this shirt? I don't know enough where people actually have the balls to look me in the eyes and say something this nice young lady goes wow I like your shirt and I'm like I'm getting in the plane off of our uh, awakening and I go oh I wish you saw what I did with it last night and I wish I had one for you But and I didn't try to sell her one. I'm
1: like, and if you're someone who likes, you know, and you are an NWO fan and you live in that constant nostalgia, we have the CYN shirt. Because we're not a three-letter brand, but I will definitely put some letters in a shirt for you to be your, your, your most NWOist. We're a three-letter idea. We're a three-letter idea. And, you know, I, I went through a lot because I'm such a Nine Inch Nails fan. So this was actually more of a Nine Inch Nails uh, throwback than it was NWO. But I couldn't live with myself putting the N backwards like Nine snails would do, because then we'd have to explain to every wrestling fan. Everybody walk up and be
0: like, oh, you know the end's backwards. <laughs> they would, yeah. It's no not one, worth it. It's not worth my artistic direction. No, we overthink. This is fine. This, this is, is fine. perfect. You
1: know, we got to dumb What did um, our good friend, formerly known as Drake Maverick, James Curtin Spud, say to us about us as uh, filmmakers, that was really, really on point. He said, we're M. Night Shyamalan, we need to be Spielberg. Yeah, but hey, hey, James, yeah.
0: I don't know if you know this, but West Side Story that just came out by Spielberg, tanked, bombed, <laughs> sucked, no one wants to see it, probably because we're sick of fucking remakes, yeah. we're sick of this, I, I, I've seen it, it's good, it was good then, yeah. I don't, like, make me something new, make Minority Report 2, that would be fucking Ooh, cool. Minority
1: Report 2 would be great, and there's okay. enough source material from Philip K. Dick that that's a possibility. Totally, man. Yeah, I'm really into that. All right. Uh, maybe we'll see you next week. If not, we'll see you next year. Yeah, whatever.